Are you ready to stop the self-sabotage and create the life you desire? Well, in order for that to happen, you need to break free from the bad beliefs that are holding your success hostage. You need to optimize the stress by turning it into extra energy for success. And those hurtful habits? Well, we need to give that pain a purpose for progress. Welcome to Stop the Self-Sabotage and Create the Life You Desire podcast. What was something about you as a kid that you didn't like, you didn't fit in, you wish it were different, and now as an adult, you're pretty much okay with it. In fact, maybe even decide that you're rocking it. I'll give you one of my examples. When I was nine, I went away to camp for the very first time. And uh, yeah, wild curly hair, as you can see, this much older boy he could have been 12, 13, maybe 14, came up to me a couple of days into the camp, it was a week long, and made the comment, don't you ever brush your hair? Now, by then, I was already well-versed in the fact that I had hair different from anybody else, and that the more I brushed it, the bigger it got. So instead, I had learned to use what was known back in those days as a pick to be able to keep it manageable. But it was never going to be straight. In fact, as a teenager, I even tried ironing it to see if I couldn't straighten it out. And the effects lasted until the humidity kicked in and then look out. So whenever he said that to me, it was like, okay, um, whatever, dude. And it did bother me because I remember it all these years later. But it bothered me because he had no idea of who I was. So it, it was a fear of not fitting in, but it wasn't what I experienced many years later, many decades later that caused a hurt that I still work on today. So I'd love to hear what you had as a kid that maybe maybe it was, oh, not only was it my hair, but I had this really huge nose. And the nose hasn't changed in shape. It's just that I've put on weight as I've gotten older and the features have balanced out. But it was my hair. It was my nose. I was very scrawny as a kid. And all of those things, although the scrawniness is now gone, all of those things I learned to be okay, if not great with, the older I got. So I'd love to hear about you and what you've learned to rock as you've gotten older as an adult. And, and maybe also some of the comments that people could have said to you as you were growing up that bothered you, but it didn't necessarily wound you. So here's the other example that I wanted to share with you. And this happened just a few years ago. So I was in my early 50s. And uh, I had a coach say to me, 
the reason, and it's a coach that I had worked with previously, and then I left because we no longer had the same agendas. And she then came up to me many years later and said, hey, I heard about one of your presentations. Like, okay, great. Thanks, I guess. And she goes, uh, yeah, you know the reason why that presentation absolutely bombed? Now, it caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting that, which is what this tactic will do to you. So she's like, yeah, the reason why you bombed is you think you're better than everybody else. And I was just, I, I, I couldn't even speak. I was so taken aback, so wounded, so hurt. Now, what was the difference between the kid telling me, you don't look like everybody else and you don't fit in, and someone saying, you're not like everybody else? Oh, excuse me. I just got a uh, new fax machine, and um, I forgot to turn off the ringer on it. Okay, so... um. The, the fact that, hey, you don't fit in versus who you are isn't okay. What was the difference on them? Well, one, that, that young kid used fear. The fear of you don't look like everybody else. And we all have different fears of not fitting in. But then the second one, here I am, a mature adult. You know, hey, I'm in my 50s. I I should know not to allow others to hurt me or wound me. But that wasn't the case. Why was that? That's because it wasn't fear that you don't fit in. It was shame that you're not good enough. And they're two completely different things. Because when you experience fear, there's a little rebel part of you that stands for autonomy. Now, every action we take is twofold. Number one, it's to get a need met. And we've got what's known as the core four. uh, Certainty, variety, worthiness, and validation. So, We take actions to get that emotional need met, but those actions also have a motivator of why take them now? Because maybe you want variety as far as where you're going to go for a weekend getaway, but you don't need that variety right now. It's okay for you to plan it and maybe decide to do it in a few weeks or even a few months. What will determine whether or not you're doing it right now are the five motivators for behavior. And one of them is known as self-direction or autonomy. We feel like we're in control of ourselves. And where it falls on the five, I want to make sure you can see my hand here, where it falls on the five is this one right here. So if we feel like somebody is setting off fear, then this is typically what we'll do with them. So if you're live, with me on the video. Podcasters, you're not going to be able to see this. But if you're with me on the video, you understand that it's the middle finger. And that's what we can give people whenever they try to use fear 
Because when someone is using fear, they're using it to advance their own agenda. They will use fear to get us to go along with what it is that they want, but we'll only do that for a limited time. Fear states cannot be controlled long term unless there is a threat of bodily harm that goes along with it. Typically, when someone uses fear to try to control us, there's the little rebel in us that's going to go, uh-uh, and it backlashes and they get the very opposite of what they wanted. That's different than if someone is using shame. Fear says you need to do this to fit in. Shame says you're wrong at your very core. You're not good enough at your very core. Shame is not used to advance an agenda. Shame is used to control a person. So that's what we're talking about. How to break free from the lie of who do you think you are? I'm Dawn Ferguson, certified instructor. I train others to become hypnotherapists I'm, as well as a certified hypnotist myself, as well as a rapid results coach. You know what? You don't care about the initials behind my name. What you care is how to get from where you are to where you want to be as quick as possible. And this is what you are responsible for. You are set, you are responsible for setting end results that are going to be a fuller expression of you in a healthy way, a fuller expression of you that's functional, that shares your brilliance with others. But you know what? Not everybody is going to want to be part of that brilliance. And they are going to use either fear or shame to try to get you along to go along with either their agenda or to be able to control you. Now, how we internalize fear and how we internalize shame, because they are two different things, are going to be based on what you've experienced in life. It's going to be different for everybody. But this is what I have spent the last 15 years assisting people with, because they've either had a fear controlling them, or they've had shame controlling their entire life. So this is not the truth. This is what you were conditioned and programmed to experience. By the way, um, I did a masterclass just last week on self-confidence. And if you want access to that, you can drop a word below and I'll make sure you get the link on, on that one because that and this one, as well as the next one I'm going to be doing on the beliefs, how to own who you really are instead of owning what someone else wants you to be. So it's the three parts of us, self-confidence, self-esteem, self-worth. So if you want access to the self-confidence, drop me a word. Podcasters, you can send me an email at dawn at drewdawnferguson.com. You can also give me a phone call, 636-699-7791, because I want you to be empowered to begin to have an awareness of how you've been conditioned to make life okay for other people. And that's what I covered in that first master class is... How you have been conditioned to lend a level of emotional certainty for others 
um, how you've been taught maybe to have a lot of drama, crisis, chaos, and confusion, how you have been trained to be an emotional rescuer for others or to hold yourself back so they'll be okay. And that's all with your actions. Now we're talking about what drives those actions, those motivators, And what drives your actions will determine your self-esteem. Your self-esteem is simply the image and the feelings that come up whenever you experience you internally. When you look at that inner mirror, it has nothing to do with your size. It has nothing to do with your bank account balance or the friends that you surround yourself with, the activities that you engage in, your career, your hobbies. All those things, though, are tied into your self-esteem because your self-esteem isn't dependent upon them. They're dependent upon your self-esteem. And so if what you believe about yourself And how you feel about yourself and the actions that you take are the fact that you have to increase someone else's status and well-being. You always got to make them look good. And that level of certainty is going to be that the only way you can feel good is by doing to others what was done to you. Then you will look at sharing shame or fear because That's what you were trained and conditioned to do. So you'll do it to others. A good example of that, I had to recently apologize to someone for hurting them. And people say, well, you know, what were the intentions behind it? That's BBS, bad belief systems. I don't care what the intention was. If there was pain that was involved, then sometimes you have to own up to the fact that Even though that wasn't what you wanted, that's what happened on your part. And I apologized to the person. And you know what they did? They turned around and they tried to have a level of certainty by going, yeah, but this shouldn't happen. I get it. I had no emotional reaction to that because I understand that they were trying to use fear and shame in order to control the situation for their agenda or to control how I felt about myself. And I wasn't going to give them that power because I learned through that experience with my coach what it is that we need to do to become aware. You know, that situation I told you earlier about when she's like, you think you're better than everybody else. You know, when someone says something like that to us, we can always learn from it and pause and say, is there truth in this? Is there something I did, again, even though unintentionally, that may have caused challenges in someone else. I'll own up to my responsibility in the portion. But your responsibility does not go further than their self-worth, their self-esteem, and the actions they're in control of. And if you cannot have a growth conversation that says, how can we resolve this conflict by look at what we're valuing and how can we then live out those values in a better way? And I'm going to share with that, that with you in just a moment. If we can't do that, if instead someone needs to be wrong so someone else can be right, you need to know it ain't going to go anywhere healthy. 
because what's being used against you is dysfunctional. And you can never get growth when two people are in compliance or an agreement about a dysfunctional habit and pattern and how to enable it. So again, self-esteem is all about how you feel about yourself whenever you think of the internal experience of you. By the way, if you have any ahas during our time, I want you to put hashtag aha. And this is the reason why. Um, Every Monday, my partner Drew and I go through all the comments and we pick somebody at random that has given us a comment and then we have them as one of our winners for, it could be a home study course, it could be a ticket. By the way, um, we're going to have a big winner next week. It's going to be a ticket to one of our events. But right now, um, I'm getting ready to share that Steve You were the winner from our last week's masterclass. I was just verifying it. You are the winner, and I'll be reaching out to you um, because I know who you are uh, to share with you how you can claim the course that you won from last week. Okay, so hashtag aha between now and next Monday. So if you're not live, you can catch us on the replay. Still give us a hashtag aha, and we'll be scrolling through Next Monday, picking the winner and then announcing it on next Wednesday's masterclass. Okay, so we have to remove you out of the trinity of being controlled by others. And that's always going to show up as a victim, a bully, and a hero. And when you've played one of these roles, you will continue to find people, places, and things to fulfill those roles, but it's going to be all of them. So maybe you play a victim, golly gee, and then there's no one being the bully. Well, what do you need to do? Then you need to go out and find somebody else to save. Yeah, that can be a challenge Um, because I don't know about you, but, and, and I spent, the first 30 years of my life looking for people to save. Most of them don't want to be saved. And it led me to a long-term relationship um, where there was a lot of damage done on my part as well as his to each other, trying to say, well, you need to be saved. So play the victim so I can do this for you. Um, But it also means that if people don't go along with how you think they should be saved, Now you're going to have to play the bully and you're going to need to pull out fear. And if that doesn't work, you're going to pull out shame. Again, it's not your fault. This is what you were conditioned to do. It's what you've been programmed to experience. But you have to take 100% responsibility about moving forward in your life. Okay, so anytime you have a conflict with someone and that's what's being experienced when Anything along the lines of you're not good enough. Who do you think you are? I know better about you than you do. So let me save you. And then you got to play the victim. Or you can bully them back 
with that um, autonomy finger, okay, and say, no, you don't know enough about my life. You can't do this. Again, the idea is to remove you from this trinity. But every conflict is a conflict in values. Well, what are values? Values are simply emotional states that you look to experience every single day. You can value freedom. You can value independence. You can value family. Well, if you value freedom, that means you don't want anybody to tell you what to do. can be really hard when you go into an intimate relationship and you're valuing your freedom of don't you tell me what to do more than you're valuing the the shared space in that relationship, that family. Oh, yeah. And so you value intimacy. I actually had a client. He was ready to settle down. Um, and he said, I, I want to find that experience of someone who loves me as much as I can love them. I'm like, okay, great. Well, tell me about your last few relationships and why they end. And he's like, well, no one's going to tell me what to do if I want to go out with the guys on a Friday night, not have to tell anybody. I'm going to do it. Oh, can you see how now we got challenges? So we had to look at what values he wanted to experience, what values he wanted to have his partner experience, but then what were their shared values? So every conflict comes into play simply because you value one thing and the person you're having some sort of relationship with values something else. And that's where who do you think you are can be used against you because they're telling you that what you thought you valued or what you wanted to at least try out as values doesn't go along with theirs. And you should abandon what you're doing. Give it up. Because remember, shame is all about you're not good enough. And the implied threat here is that you're not good enough because you're valuing something that is in direct opposition to their values. So you need to drop what you're doing and you need to take on their values. Not going to be very healthy and functional for long when you do that. Because at some point, you're going to become resentful and the little rebel's going to come out. And then you're going to sabotage any success because you haven't explored what it is that the two of you share, what you have in common, what you're wanting to go for. So you were taught to have a set of values when you were growing up. And some of those values are absolutely phenomenal. I was given an incredible work ethic by my father that you stick with it until the job is done, until it is complete. Not that it's perfect, but that it's good enough to assist others. And let me tell you, as an entrepreneur, that has really served me well. But he also gave me the value that um, I needed to always defer to men. 
uh, no. Now, unfortunately, I took that value too far that I didn't want to listen to him at all. And once I got into my 20s and started looking for employment that was going to be long term, I had to realize that not only were there a lot of women smarter than me, but there were also a lot of men in that category and that I could learn from all of them. So I had to upgrade my values that there were a lot of people out there and it didn't matter because of their gender. Um whether I could learn from something from them. What I had to look at was what was their agenda? Was it empowerment for me or was it power for them by using fear or shame to try to get me to go along with their agenda or to control me? So you want to start looking at what you were taught to value, those emotional states. And then from there, after you were taught certain things, you developed a story around them to justify having them in your life. Well, like I said, the the rebel story that I developed was there wasn't anybody that I was going to listen to. And there was actually someone very special that had to come along in my life and prove that wrong on so many different levels before I would accept that. Now, what about you? What story did you develop around the values, the emotional states that you were taught to experience? And maybe that story is incomplete or maybe it's just downright dysfunctional. And it needs to be upgraded, not just the story, but what it is that you're valuing, because that is going to determine the actions that you take. If you value being able to soothe yourself from a long, stressful day, but you were taught to do it by an outside substance, well, maybe you're not using alcohol like what you saw one of your caregivers do when you were growing up. But maybe instead you're using food. Hmm. So you want to keep the value of being able to soothe yourself, but you want to explore other ways. Here's where your story will sabotage you. You've already tried some of those other ways. Maybe you've tried the diets, the, the food plans, the exercise, the gym membership, the fitness coaches, and none of it worked. Why? Because your subconscious mind accepted the story that no matter what you do, nothing is going to work except what you were originally taught to do out of fear or shame. This is the reason why I love utilizing hypnosis, because it has a direct communication with the part of you that's running those habits and patterns that holds those emotions and is utilizing your beliefs, what you accepted as the truth, whether it is or not. It's using that as a foundation. Hypnosis has a direct communication with that and says, you know what, let's find ways to upgrade the story. I was working with a client uh, just a couple of days ago that she has realized how she has fulfilled the trinity of the victim, the bully, or the hero. And she's taking it to the point to where now some of her significant relationships are suffering because they don't want her to save them. 
at least not on the surface. And I said, okay, well, let them know you're not going to engage in this anymore, but be aware. Subconsciously, they'll come back and they'll try to hook you back in. And and so she let them know and they're like, oh, we are so glad that you're not going to do this anymore. By the way, if you want to go ahead and do it, we're okay with that. So just be aware that people are conditioned by your habits and patterns on how they should be treating you. Okay. So we utilized hypnosis for her to be able to upgrade her story to where she no longer wants to save. She no longer wants to bully. She no longer wants to be the victim. And instead, she just wants to seek fuller expression. And then we got back together on her coaching call and she said, you know, it was really interesting because I was able to go out and be with um, some family members at this event and I no longer had to show up in a way to where I had to control the outcome of it. I could be present and in the moment. Now, other people were uncomfortable because they were so used to her taking charge and telling everybody what they were going to do, how they were going to do it, and the results that they were going to experience afterwards. And she said, my level of joy was so increased because there's a difference between joy and happiness. Happiness is very short term. Happiness only shows up when you've solved a problem. This is the reason why you can be so happy when you purchase a new car. And then about three weeks later, you become habituated to it. It's because you had solved a problem of, oh, what car should I get? What vacation should I go on? Um, What movies should I go see? What restaurant are we going to go to? And then the feel goods last for a little bit and then they fade because it was all based on solving a problem. We're wired for joy genetically. Science has told us that we are wired to have an experience of uplifting emotions all the time, not based on the problems we solve, but are we fully expressing who we are? And she said that's what she was able to experience. It wasn't happiness. Am I making sure everybody's taken care of at this event? It's let me just sit back and be present in the moment. Be at peace. You know, the true meaning of the word peace simply is nothing missing, nothing broken. Who do you think you are tries to infer that you're broken at a basic foundational level and you're going to have to have someone else to fix you. And that's not the truth. The truth is you already possess everything you need. You just haven't been able to bring it out in a way that then showcases your strengths, your talents, your abilities, your values. So going back to, well, I've tried everything and it doesn't work. That's because you tried to make yourself fit those things, to fit that diet, to fit that relationship, to take on their values instead of finding where your values and that system's values overlap. 
And that's the sweet spot right now to begin your fuller expression because you have to begin where you are, not where you want to be. That's another way that people screw themselves up is because they try to start from someplace else instead of starting from the foundation that you've already got put in place. It's never going to go away. So let's learn how to expand on it and then accelerate it in a way that brings you out at your best. Now, some people will tell you journal and rewrite your story that way. That's phenomenal. But it is also a conscious mind activity that does not directly communicate with the subconscious that says, you know what? We don't just upgrade the story that we tell. We upgrade who we are and our identity in that story. And that's when you pull yourself out of the victim, the hero, or the bully. And you start exploring just who am I really? What do I want to value? Because every conflict is a conflict of values. And it's not just a conflict between you and another person. It is a conflict between you and why you don't have what you want. It's because what you're valuing and who you have to be in that goal achievement is not matching up with what the end result is asking of you. You cannot expect your life to produce your dreams turned into your reality when you're relying on immature habits and patterns of handing your power over to other people, places, and things. Your job, number one, is to set the end result that you want to experience. Number two, than to say, well, what do I need to focus on? Number three, how do I optimize the emotions that are going to show up? Because the fear isn't going to go away. You have to learn how to turn it into extra energy to achieve more, faster, quicker, and easier. And number four, the actions you need to implement that are going to be a fuller expression of you. These four steps are simply your identity upgrade. I wound up putting together an entire system. When I train new hypnotists, I train them in this system. It's known as the four R's. Just like in school, we had the four R's, reading, writing, arithmetic, and recess. When you're doing an identity upgrade, there are four R's. Reveal, release, relearn, rejoice. I was working with someone that had experienced a horrific trauma when they were three. And unfortunately, it led such an imprint on their value system that she was still finding herself in experiences and relationships that were going to bring out a reliving of that original trauma. Now, I'm not a therapist. Um, a hypnotist, and a coach. It's not my job to go back to the past and say, okay, well, tell me how you feel about this. It is my calling to say, how do we do 
do this experience of you, everything you've been through, and actually showcase it in a way that's going to bring you out at your very best. And what came through for her in the hypnosis is to begin to find others that had been through similar experiences and let them know that there's life on the other side of it. You know, some of the greatest healers are those that have been wounded, but then they've learned to turn that wound into their wealth. So, the identity upgrade. Reveal. Reveal the part of you that is holding the part of the identity that is a challenge. See, if I were still relying on my nine-year-old who was going, yeah, I've, I've tried to do things with my hair, dude. What are you talking about? I would continue to look to other people to tell me whether or not my hairstyle was okay. I was in my 30s and I was in corporate because my hair has been like this since I was nine. This is it. And I had some women come up to me and tell me that um, I was too old for wearing this type of hairstyle. In fact, I wrote uh, wrote a, a blog post on it about the hair police. And, you know, I didn't need their validation or their value system on how I was going to wear my hair. I do it for me and no one else. I like it. In fact, I absolutely love it the way it is. So I, 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 what was my end result? I had to reveal the younger part of me that for the first 30 some odd years of my life, I did hand my power away over to others to tell me that I looked okay. And that came down to that nine-year-old at camp being told by an older boy, what's wrong with your hair? <laughs> Why don't you brush it? Okay. I had to release her from still seeking outside okays on how I looked. And instead, hey, what is it that you do the very best, nine-year-old? And she's like, oh, what I do the very best is um, finding places to explore. In fact, that's when I found my love of the outdoors is when I was nine year nine and went away for camp for the first time. So that's her job is to find ways that I can enjoy the outdoors. So that was release. So we've got reveal, release. Now we're looking at relearn. So the part of me that wanted fuller expression of not just how I wore my hair, but how I dressed how my body looked, how I moved it, that's what I needed to bring in. That was the identity upgrade because she was on the other side of the nine-year-old. She's attached to the nine-year-old. It's just that we have the side that wants to explore new experiences outside of us and then the part of me that wants to explore experiences from within. So maybe I try a different hair color. Maybe I try a different style on who, on how I wear it, but not based on someone else's okay, based on my exploration. 
So reveal, release, relearn, and then the final one, rejoice. The only way an upgraded identity, a habit or pattern is going to stick around is if you reinforce it through rewards for the first 13 weeks. So I had to put together a plan of action that oh, about every two to three weeks for the first three months that I was relying just on me giving myself validation because I was living out my chosen values. I had to do something nice for myself. And you know what? That self-care didn't stop then. I still look for ways that I am going to enjoy life because it's something I've chosen, not what someone else has chosen for me. But I'm going to caution you here. People are not going to necessarily be thrilled with your identity upgrade because they've been conditioned to experience you through fear or shame. So what do we do about that? Well, that's when you reach out to me and we see if we're a good fit for working with each other. Utilizing hypnosis to get you started. I'll let you know if continued coaching might need to be present in order to keep reinforcing the habits and patterns. Or maybe you've got something going on that is what we call a one-hit wonder. If it is something to where you can let it go, letting go cigarettes, letting go sugar, if you can walk away from it and not engage it again in your life, hey, one hypnosis session for that identity upgrade. But if it is something where you have to relearn how to have an experience, but in a way that brings out your values, so that might be something with your career, it could be in a relationship, I'm going to let you know that that's going to take a, a few more contacts. And for everybody that reaches out and decides to go through with a hypnosis session with me, because I am quite confident that hypnosis will help you with whatever you've got going on. I just don't know if I'm the right one to help you. I will let you know that we've got a hidden bonus going on right now that for anyone who reaches out to us oh, between now and Monday and says, hey, what do I need to do about finding out if hypnosis is the right fit for me? And I work with clients virtually across the U.S. as well as internationally. Well, I've got the bonus of a live event and you'll get a ticket to it. We've got several dates to choose from over the fall. The live event is known as VISTA. Vision, Inspiration, Strategies, Tactics, and Achievements. It is a two-day intensive where I'm going to be sharing with you how to continue your identity upgrades once I'm no longer around for you because I am all about transferring the power to you. If you want more information on that, 636-699-7791. Okay, so... Break free from the lie. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are was meant to shame you so you could be controlled or at the very least to set off fear so you could operate for someone else's agenda. And then you took on that conditioning 
You built a value system around it of what to focus on, how to feel, and the actions to take that are still driving your progress today. But it is not going to turn your dreams into reality because it is based on the overcompensation someone else needed you to be, do, and have for them to be okay. It's time for us to bring your power home. 636-699-7791. It is time for the fuller expression of you. Thanks so much for joining me today. Becoming a healingpreneur. Could that be you? It's not just a career. It is a calling to help people peel back the layers so they can move into progress of their brilliance and their magnificence. If this could potentially be you, then I want to let you know, I am offering you the ability to train with me privately at the group investment. I only have room right now for one person to be able to do this over the summer. We're going to take a look at our schedules and we're going to fit training to where it's a good fit for you as well as what I have open. Uh, And you can take up to three months, not only to train, but up to three months to take care of your investment. But again, I only have an opening for one. Why is this? Because my trainings that I do, uh, even on the advanced side, are a little bit lighter over the summer. So it creates space. And that might be a space and a place that is waiting for you. So this is what I'd like you to do. Go to dawnlandrum.com, click on the tab, become a certified hypnotist, see everything that is offered there. Uh, Again, it is at the group rate that you will be training with me privately. And then reach out to me. There's going to be a button that shows up on the bottom where we can have a phone call. And let's make sure that this and myself are the right fit for you. So Healingpreneur, is that your calling?